One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is an apostrophe podcast production. Here's one little question that has no simple answer. How does being alone bring us closer? My name is Peg Fong. I'm a journalist and an educator. Come join me as we explore loneliness together. Roy Orbison singing for the lonely. Hey, that's me. Or maybe I'm a lineman for the county, and I drive the main road. But first, I drove through the suburbs, because I just got my driver's license. In early 2021, the song of the pandemic at that moment was Driver's License by Olivia Rodrigo. Just 17 when she wrote it, Rodrigo introduced her song on TikTok. The song debuted at number one on the Billboard chart and broke the record for the most streams on Spotify in one week. There's a particular loneliness that made that song so popular and current, and its meaning intensified because of the pandemic. It's about finding yourself alone after realizing that the dreams and plans you once shared with another person won't ever come to life. Because she's a 17-year-old girl, right? She's finally got her driver's license and she wants to go and see the boy that she loves, but he's seeing someone else. And it is so sad. Everyone has their lonely song. If sad songs can say so much, lonely songs speak only to you, as they probably should. What songs or genre do we turn to in order to find connections in lyrics and in melody? The answers may surprise you. Let's explore why music can make us feel lonely and also less alone. (laughs) 
Hum a few bars of the loneliest song you know. Go ahead, I'll wait. Chances are it's a song that you can't separate your feelings and your memories from. The loneliest song is the one that you associate with a time when you were feeling the most lonely. Ask Lisa Christensen what the loneliest music genre is and she'll have two answers. Her first answer will be, obviously, heavy metal. To her, the songs that she always associates with loneliness are the ones she listened to when she was growing up in the suburbs. Heavy metal made her surroundings seem less bland, less lonely, and it was loud enough to drown out those feelings of being unanchored and unsure of what life would be like if she wasn't where she was. It made her forget that she was alone and listening to music that no one else wanted to share with her. Christensen reports on traffic for the CBC's afternoon show On the Coast in Vancouver, and she's one of Canada's most influential music journalists. She knows about driving and songs. She's not surprised that driver's license became the song everyone was talking about last January. The lyrics are meant to be listened to alone in a bedroom. All my friends are tired of hearing how much I miss you, but I kind of feel sorry for them because they'll never know you the way I do. Yeah, today I drove through the suburbs and pictured I was driving home to you. Now, this is the song that everybody wants to hear. I mean, logically, we should be wanting to hear something, you know, cheerful, you know, something to get us out of it. But no, everybody wants to just dive on in to this super sad, lonely song about getting your driver's license and imagining driving to someone that you love that doesn't love you. Here's the thing to know about music, Christensen believes. There is that one song for everyone where it's the memory of where you were or what you were feeling at that time that makes it lonely for you. It's not that we listen to music just when we're lonely. We listen to music all the time and we are alone. Even when we're listening to music with other people, they don't hear it the same way you do. They're hearing something else, attribute different meaning to it based on their past and where they were at that moment. There's a real sense of loneliness in music because of that. You could say to someone, you know, what's the loneliest song to you? And they could say, oh, it's the Spice Girls, stop. And you'd go, what? And they'd say, Oh yeah, I had just broken up with my boyfriend and it was awful. And the only song on the radio all the time was the Spice Girls. So whenever they hear that song, sadly, you know, it's probably going to come on at a club and everyone's going to run onto the floor. There's this one person going, this is the worst song I've ever heard. For Christensen, there are some genres of music that speak loudest and deepest to those feeling lonely. There's jazz, where performers are expected to improvise on their own in solos. And the blues, the genre that emerged from the American Deep South, when music was the only way for many to express their pain. But if she had to pick one, Christensen would pick country music as the loneliest musical genre of all. Songwriter Harlan Howard, who co-wrote I Fall to Pieces for Patsy Cline, summed up country music as three chords and the truth. 
that truth can be found in what some people, like Christensen, would suggest as a contender for the loneliest song of all, Hank Williams' I'm So Lonesome I Could Cry. It's this isolatedness you feel like you're almost like in a box and you can't interact with people. You can't see things the way they can anymore. So, you know, when he is out walking, you know, he's, I've never seen a night so long when time goes crawling by, the moon just went behind the clouds to hide its face and cry. A long night could be a beautiful thing if you were happy, connected to someone. But when you're lonely, everything can make it seem as if the world was conspiring to make you even lonelier. When you are really, really lonely and sad, all of these things, you know, the next line, did you ever see a robin weep when leaves begin to die? You know, I don't think birds are crying, but, uh, you know, unless they are, you know, kind of making some sounds. But when you are in this terrible space, that is all you can see. Everything just becomes miserable. And this song to me is the one that just captures loneliness like nothing else. When Robbie Kowal was a child, music filled two gaps in his life. He was often on his own. He had friends, but he wasn't someone who was always in demand by others to spend time with. I spent a lot of time by myself as a kid, and music was one of the things that really helped me fill the time. I also, my father was extremely passionate about classical music, and from a very young age, he was taking me to symphony concerts and even operas and things like that. Music filled one gap for him. The second gap was constructing music in his head. In the car when they went to the symphony, Robbie and his father wouldn't just talk about music, but Robbie's dad would ask him to come up with his own bits and pieces of music. That filled up spaces in his head. I grew up with a father who used to encourage me to hum my own lines to classical pieces and, you know, what would the aria have sounded like if it had been like this? And we used to play games in the car. So I was always deconstructing music in my head. Kowal could rearrange an aria, cancel the cadence, or decrease the crescendo inside his brain. From an early age, Kowal loved listening to music. He could understand what melody and harmony was, and he could deconstruct and reconstruct music internally. But he was hamstrung by one thing. He couldn't express that music externally. I'm not very physically gifted where music's concerned. I have tiny hands. I'm six foot one. My hands are smaller than my wife's, who's five eight. And, uh, and so I was really terrible when I tried piano. I failed a guitar. So I was the guy who was like passionate about music. I was always. As he got older, Kowal hung around with friends who were musicians who played in bands. And he could listen to others play music. But he couldn't create music that others could hear. The musical genre that was inside his head was the loneliest music of all for Kowal, because he couldn't share it. There are tens of millions of lyrics about loneliness and millions of songs about being alone. But have you ever heard that song about being lonely that is locked inside of you? If I hum you a few bars from a song we've both heard, you might recognize it. Yet if no one can hear that song inside you, but you, 
is it still considered music? Does music need to be shared in order to make a connection? Some songwriters can feel so lonely that they can sit down and write a song about it, and everyone who hears the lyrics or the music will connect to it. Robbie Kowal loved music but couldn't use it to express what he wanted outwards so others could hear. The music was in his head, but he decided to focus on another career and to keep his music inside for himself. He worked and saved money and went to a Greek island seeking solitude so he could finish the novel he was writing. But when he arrived in Greece, the siren call of music came back. He was earning some extra money being a bartender in a club when the DJ who was working there left to get married. The owner asked Kowal to become the DJ, and in a tourist town in Greece, there's no nights off. For six months straight, Kowal played five hours a night. Being a DJ rather than a musician, Kowal's manual dexterity in playing an instrument wasn't a problem. It wasn't a physical limitation, because he could use his knowledge of music to get out what he wanted to say. He didn't have to create the music, but he could express it from a stage. The instinct had always been there, but being able to produce the sounds that made other people connect to what had only been inside his own thoughts and imagination was an outlet. It was a lucky break, an opportunity for someone to use the music that had always accompanied his loneliness when he was younger. An external outlet for what had only been inside his head. When you actually are performing as a DJ, there's a few really interesting aspects that people don't think about from a psychological perspective, especially as it pertains to loneliness. Kowal realized that when he was on stage, in a band, Each member plays an instrument. Each member of a band has a voice in the collective whole that comes out of the speakers. And when people are watching a band play, the individual audience member may be focused on the guitarist or maybe the drummer or the singer. It's a shared experience with the band as well, right? And and by the way, that creates a different psychology amongst the band. They have to share. They have to get along. They have to learn ways to make, to, to share creativity and ideas. and it all Sometimes one member of the band leads and gets the attention. And sometimes it's a full collective. The spotlight can be on one at a time or on all of them. When you're a DJ, though, you are the band. There is no one else up there but you. So, for instance, if a band is playing a a set and the bass player has a cold and he's having a tough night and he's off a little bit, nobody really notices because you can pull him out of the mix and uh, a little bit or he can step back and the guitar player can stand out that night. If a DJ has a bad night, everyone knows it immediately. There's no hiding from anything. Drums, bass guitar, keyboards, vocals. 100% of the attention was on the one person who did it all. It's tremendously lonely up there. It's tremendously daunting to be alone on a stage because these stages were built for bands, right? They build huge stages. You have enough room for the horn section, and there you are. It's one dude with, like, you know, a couple turntables and a little table. Flip that record over. We'll be right back. 
Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Radio host Steve Wide in Melbourne, Australia, is a fan of a genre of music that he believes might be in contention for the loneliest. When he was growing up in England in the 1980s, a type of music emerged. It was called by some as the scene that celebrates itself. The major bands of that scene were the Cocteau Twins, the Jesus and Mary Chain, and My Bloody Valentine. And the type of music was called variously dreamy pop, ambient sounds, and neo-psychedelic. It was music that was meant to be transformative and introspective, says Steve Wide, and the performers, when they were on stage, often stared at their feet or looked like they were deep in concentration. That unwillingness to make eye contact with their audience gave that kind of music a name, shoegaze. It was called that by critics at first as a pejorative, And then it was embraced by fans. That's something that uh, people who are feeling lonely, it might be not just that they want to escape, but they can relate to the very sort of inward-gazing nature of uh, the shoegaze sound. At concerts for shoegaze bands, the fans act the same way as the performers on the stage. Sometimes there's light shows or something projected on screens, So focus isn't just on the musicians. But I think most people go just to really stand there, sway a bit, shut their eyes, and just let the 
music just completely kind of wash over them and you can listen to it at home and have that but to be there amongst your peers and people around you who you know are also experiencing the same thing as you makes it a bit more of a cosmic experience. That's what Robbie Kowal discovered when he was a DJ. When you're part of something, a shared experience, music becomes less lonely, even if you're listening to it by yourself. We know that music plays a major role in our daily lives under normal circumstances. But since the pandemic, our music habits have changed. In 2020, fans played 139 billion songs on streaming services like Spotify, Amazon Music, and Apple Music. That's up by more than a fifth from 2019. It's become more virtual. In the early days of the lockdown, people played music on their balconies. Symphonies now have online concerts, and singers join virtual choirs there's a fundamental place that music holds in all our lives, says Jeff Luck, a senior researcher at the Finnish Centre for the Interdisciplinary Music Research. We're not all rock gods or opera divas, we're not all professional musicians, but most people can engage in basic musical activity. They can sing happy birthday for a friend or a relative. They can sing in the shower to their favourite tunes. They drum on the steering wheel when they're driving. We virtually all do this, not necessarily as experts. Luck is also the CEO of HyperLive, a company that uses data to quantify, model, and predict engagement, including the earning potential of new songs, and how to improve discovery and playlist features to create more personal experiences. In the 21st century, and especially in the last few years, Luck says there's been a prominent shift. The most common musical activity is no longer, as it has been for centuries, performing music. Now, it's listening to music. New technologies like, particularly streaming technologies, have made the experience of music virtually ubiquitous. Shopping malls, smart speakers, you are system at home, TV, movies, music is everywhere. And I think this is a good thing, because this really does help us connect. We spend almost four hours every day, on average, listening to music. Over a lifetime, that's an average of about 13 years of our lives, says Luck, that we spend listening to music. Or, as he puts it, that's one quarter of our waking hours listening to music which is a phenomenal amount of time for just one activity. Technology has enabled us to get music all the time, but it's also possible that we're listening to music more because we are lonelier than ever. Then in terms of loneliness specifically, well, there's good evidence that music really comes into play when we feel lonely. Because feeling lonely has actually quite significant detrimental effects on our health and well-being. Studies have shown that music can be used as an effective social surrogate in the place of actual physical relationships with people. People who tend to feel lonely use music to build either real or imaginary relationships, and it's a good way to construct connections. There's nothing wrong with that at all. We all do that. We all listen to songs, song lyrics, 
and find some meaning in those and some connection perhaps with the lyrics themselves or with the artist who's performing them. Families used to play music together. At get-togethers, people would bring instruments and make music as a group. Now that has pretty much vanished in many places in the world, and it has been replaced by more isolated musical activities, where you can, even if you're in a family of four, you can each individually tune out from each other. Even in the same room, you can just put your own headphones on, and you can be in your own world, and in fact you're then not interacting with each other, but you are interacting in some way with with someone else or some other people, even some virtual surrogate social relationship. Perhaps you're inspired by the lyrics you're listening to or the artist who's performing, but you're making other kinds of relationships. I'm not saying this is a bad thing at all, but certainly it has changed. I think our focus of where music takes us has evolved, definitely. Before the pandemic put a stop to it, the Bonnaroo Music Festival was held every year starting in 2002, attracting thousands of music lovers of all genres. It's held just outside of Nashville, Tennessee, and the New York Times wrote the event revolutionized the modern rock festival. Over the years, Bob Dylan, Willie Nelson, Patti Smith have all played there, as have DJs like Robbie Kowal. The festival organizers called Kowal up a few years ago with a request. One year, they asked me early on, they said, hey, you're coming out. We want you to participate in this new thing we're doing called Silent Disco. And I was like, what is that? And they said, well, instead of loudspeakers, we're going to have headphones. It was the first Silent Disco ever played in the U.S., and Kowal was the DJ. He was skeptical at first. Uh, I get up there and there's my normal rig, but everybody's wearing headphones and I have monitors there, which I insist on turning on and the the promoters of the festival come by and they're like, no, 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 you got to turn those off. It's got to be silent. I'm like, I'm rolling my eyes. I'm like, okay, guys, we'll see how this goes. The headphones were low quality and people complained about the sound, but then something happened. There was a vibe in that room that I had never, ever seen in any club. Like, I could immediately see how powerful. This was a paradigm shift, and I I was the very first DJ in the United States to play a silent disco at this point. Silence at a music festival. Watching hundreds of people listening to his music where the connection was through headsets gave Robbie Cowell that shared experience he had as a child where the music existed only in his head. Music connects us to each other, but it's also memories that anchor us into those moments in our lives where we had a connection to something. We turn to music during the pandemic and many of the songs that drew us back and made us want to listen was based on nostalgia. Three of the top-selling albums for 2020 were the greatest hits from Queen, Elton John, and Fleetwood Mac. Dreams, written by Stevie Nicks, went back on the charts 40 years after it was first released. That song has been covered by many others, 
including some bands that might be considered in the shoegaze genre. Shoegaze is Steve White's pick for the loneliest type of music. The inward-gazing shoegaze might be listened to alone, but its popularity came from being that introspective with others. It's our perspective of songs that make it feel lonely or not. We could be time zones apart and listening to this on our earbuds, AirPods, noise-canceling headphones, or on speakers. We may be walking somewhere on our own, preparing to go to work, eating at a table set for one, or driving through the suburbs and you can't stop to see the person you want to see. You remember some moments, getting your driver's license, and you can't forget the song that was playing when you realized you had nowhere to go, nowhere to drive to, because you were alone. But then the music changes, and when you hear it, you recognize what is being said. Hank Williams turned a robin's chirp into a weep. He made a bird cry, so you out there listening on your own would know you weren't on your own in your loneliness, even if you are the only one at that moment who hears it. We may be alone, but we are alone together. Alone Together was directed by Callie O'Reilly. Theme music was created by Ari Posner and Ian Lefevre. The sound engineer for the show is Jeff Devine. Guillermo Serrano and Debbie O'Reilly are the producers for the show. What's the loneliest song in the world for you? Share it with us at Apostrophe Pod and tell us why. I'm Peg Fong, the host and writer. Please follow and review our show. This series is executive produced by Terry O'Reilly. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.